0: Welcome to this podcast series where I talk to the artists behind the music I play on my radio shows on ukcountryradio.com. Join me while I chat to and get to know the musicians and artists behind the music I play. Listen to their stories and their musical journeys and share some laughter and fun as you get to know the artists behind the music. Welcome to this episode of Bands in the Boudoir. I have got Alex Miller here with me. Now, Alex is a singer and songwriter from Kentucky, USA, who grew up on a farm and continues to help out when he can. He is only 19 years old, but he is going places fast. The the public first became aware of him through his appearance as a competitor on American Idol season 19, and he is proud to represent the traditionalists in his country music. He has a wonderful voice, bags of personality, an undeniably charming chap as well. Super talented and inspiring and uh, is not afraid of the hard work it's going to take to get where he wants to get to. So I'm delighted to have Alex here chatting with me today. Hello, Alex. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Lynn?
0: I'm very well, thank you. I'm enjoying the nice sunny weather we've had today. It's been pretty hot. How is it over there?
1: Over here, it's it's It's. Probably just about like it is over there. The weather's been really nice. The last couple of days, it's been kind of hot, but uh, we can stand it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not quite used to it. <laughs> it's always wet over here. Anyway, so I became aware of you last year and obviously, you know, I'm already a huge fan because I follow you and I'm keeping up to date with everything that's going on. But can I firstly congratulate you on your success at the recent CMA Fest Week?
1: Oh, well, where, thank you.
0: Where you performed on the Hard Rock Outdoor Stage and you performed for the Sunday Morning Country, uh, which was held at the Grand Opry House. How amazing was that? What was it like for you?
1: Oh, that was a great experience. You know, that was my first time there at the church, you know, Country Music. So, uh, the opera house it was. And Um, So, you know, doing the hard rock stage was a great experience, too. The opera might overshadow it just a touch of there, but the hard rock stage was definitely neat. You know, right on Broadway, right on the strip and, you know, folks coming by and shaking my hands and enjoying the music. It was great. And, you know, the opera house, though, that was a religious experience, I guess you could say.
0: Oh, how amazing. I I was so thrilled for you. And I love the footage that came out of that as well. That sounded and looked so great.
1: Oh, well, I, I appreciate it.
0: Now, I would really like to go right back to the beginning, and we move forward through your your musical journey. So I know you've been performing professionally since you were seven, but mm-hmm. how young were you when you started to sing, and who were your influences?
1: So whenever I was a kid, um, I started singing at three in church, and so the first song I ever learned to sing and play was a Josh Turner song called "The Long Black Train," and so I sung that in church whenever I was a kid. And uh, I asked my granddaddy one day if there was any other songs about trains. And he said, well, yeah. So he played me Folsom Prison Blues and then he played me a Hank Williams record. And uh, I think it was Pan American or something like that was the old song. He played that and then I listened to all the rest of the Hank Williams ones. I really liked it. And so I learned the Pan American and then I learned Cheating Heart and Hey Good Looking and the rest of the songs on the CD too. And from there, I, you know, you know, took it on from there and, and started singing Hank Williams kind of out in public and stuff.
0: I'm a I'm big fan of Hank Williams as well. In fact, I'm a very, I very much like the old traditional country music as well. I'm, I'm very much into the Patsy Cline and the Dolly Partons and, you know, and all of those. Okay. What was your first professional gig?
1: My per- first professional gig, I would have been about 10, about 10 or 11. I started playing at a place local here uh, called Renfro Valley I got a sign right here with Renfro Valley in it and that was one of the first places I ever started to sing and play and what it was I would describe it as like a Kentucky Grand Ole Opry so it was like a jamboree show and they would have people rotate in and out every week and so I was on the fourth rotation and that was towards the end of the month and so I would come in that week and I'd do a Friday and Saturday show and that was every 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 month and um, truly some great memories and really learned my craft you know, learned how to pick and play. And uh, it was it was it was one of those experiences that, you know, changed the rest of my life because I learned so much.
0: You can't swap those kind of experiences for any school, can you? For no, in fact, in fact, and...
1: the music took more priority over my school a long, long time ago. <laughs>
0: But it's it's a great way to learn the craft because it's also a great way. You're you're very good with an audience, and that's the only time and place, really. You can really learn to connect with an audience is paying your dues in places like that.
1: You're exactly right. Uh, the you know that's it's been my it was kind of my college experience. I would say I might have been ten or eleven, but it it taught me the ropes of what I should say, what I shouldn't say, how to say it, and this, that, and the other. And uh, there's stuff that I learned back then that I'm still using. Every day. And, you know, those places like that, there's a lot of them that are still here. And, you know, I remember as a kid always dreaming of having a job over Renfro Valley and I finally got it. And the the places, they really don't do barn dance shows anymore, which is kind of sad, but um, I know there's places all around the United States and probably over there too, that have live music. And I know as a kid, that was always something very inspiring to me and always something I thought I could build myself up towards doing. And uh, eventually I did.
0: It's lovely. We do have live music and, you know, I cut my teeth on places like that. And it's the best education absolutely in the music business to do. And you are so comfortable up there on the stage. You just ooze charisma and the audience just really go with you the whole time. So, yeah, well done. It's brilliant. Oh, Anyway, I would like to move on because the American Idol. Now, you are already an artist to watch. (laughs) before American Idol okay but you were really catapulted into the public limelight and uh, you seem to be handling very well was it a good experience
1: it was a great experience for me Um, can't say nothing bad about the show or anybody a part of it and everybody treated me with respect and treated me nice and uh, really made me feel like I was something special and you know I I was just a 17 year old kid when I auditioned I was 17 I didn't know no better I feel like I've grown up since then but I just was doing music and going to school and, you know, college is a great thing. I think it's meant for some people and it ain't meant for some people. And uh, I just felt like it would get in the way of my career and what I really wanted to do with my life. And so I told my mom one night, I said, No mom I ain't going to school. And she's like, well, you mean you ain't going to school? I said, Well, no, mom, I just ain't ain't no sense in me wasting everybody's money to go to college whenever I know what I want to do. And that was music. And she uh, she's kind of got upset with me. She said, you know, so I need to go to school and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, well, I just, I don't think that's for me. So she went in her bedroom and she kind of got aggravated with me <laughs> and went in her bedroom and was on her computer and signed me up for American Idol. She said, son, OK, if you want to do music full time, I'm going to sign you up for American Idol. And if things go well, then I guess it's meant to be. And if not, you're going to school. So buddy, did I ever practice before I did that audition? <laughs> I was made, that was my determination right there. I was not going to go to college. So I, uh, I, I practiced and did uh, a song that I wrote for my ex-girlfriend and auditioned with that. And, uh, they seemed to really like it. And they said, why don't you come on out to San Diego, California from Lancaster, Kentucky and come on out and sing for the celebrities. I said, well, all right. So it's me just fine. I'm, I'll, I'll walk and crawl to get there. You better let me have a few days' notice. So yeah, they got me out there and, and the rest you got to sing on television.
0: Yeah, and am I right? It was I'm over you, so get over me.
1: It was, yes
0: <laughs> I love that song. I think it's fabulous.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. That was I
0: really do. Very cheap. That was an Very original
1: good. pen right there.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. And actually, didn't you half write it before you're 17?
1: Yes, yeah, so I had that I had that song written when I was in sixth grade. I wrote that song in sixth grade because me and the girl busted up in fifth grade. And uh, we had a school talent show in the sixth grade. And so I thought the only way I could really get revenge at her was to write a little song about her and singing at the, at the talent show. And so I wrote it and auditioned with it. And the, the, the the people with the talent show, they had to audition with it before I went on stage and did it. And they they said, okay, you can do that song. we like it because it's the original. I was like, well, all right, then that's, I'm glad they like it, but they don't know what it's about. So I went up on stage and in this big auditorium with all my classmates and stuff. This was pretty, really a bad thing to do. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. So uh, I went up there and I started singing the song "Over You Skid Over Me," and everybody in the audience was kind of getting into it, you know, and enjoying it. And uh, eventually, started clapping and they stood up and. It was, I got a standing ovation off that song the first time I did it. And there was only one person that didn't stand up. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> and that was my ex-girlfriend. She was in the front row, like really, really right in front of me. And uh, she got all, oh, she jumped me over it. And she said, you know, you shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that, you know, kind of make foot, made a fool of her. And I, well, she shouldn't have left me is what I, <laughs> the way I thought about it. But uh, So when it come time for Idol, I thought, I can get that old girl again if I just do that song I wrote about her. And so I sure enough did. and <laughs> Been getting her with it ever since.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Has she forgiven you yet?
1: Yes. Uh, she's a sweet girl. Truly and truly nice person. But I do give her a hard time about it sometimes. <laughs>
0: oh, bless. Well, it is a great song. I'm glad she's forgiven you. But it, it's a really cracking song. And I saw you singing it in the Wood Song's all-time radio hour. And you... You had the audience in the palm of your hand back then, Alex. So, you know, yes. you really are a born entertainer. So, you told me earlier on when you were playing those places in your earlier years that that's where you learned to pick and you learned to play because your musicianship is really rather impressive. Oh. Was the guitar your first instrument?
1: It was. Um, I, I wanted to play guitar. That's kind of a crazy story too. So I was six years old and I said, I want to, to play guitar. And most of the time the t- people that give lessons don't take kids until they're about nine years old. And, but I wanted to learn. I was determined that that's what I was going to do. So I talked to my granddad about it. And so he went over to this little gu- guitar store that's in Rockcastle County, Kentucky, Mount Vernon. And, uh, he took me in the shop, and he knew the guy. His name was Glenn Thompson. Was the guy that owned the shop there, and uh, but he didn't give lessons. It was another guy that did. So my granddaddy was talking to Glenn. He's like, Glenn, I think he's big enough to learn. He wants to learn to play guitar, and Glenn's like, I don't know. They don't take them till they're nine. And granddad's like, Well, he wants to learn. And about that time, and he granddaddy kind of convinced Glenn that I could take lessons. And about that time the guy that gave lessons walked in and Glenn, the owner of the shop, you know, the one paying him to give lessons. He says, I think he's big enough, Mike, don't you? And what's, <laughs> what are you going to say to the man that you're renting the building from? So I started taking lessons the next week and I haven't, haven't gave it up since at a little shop. It's closed since then. Oh. And uh, the, I had to stop taking lessons when I was about eight. So eight years old on all the picking and stuff I've had to just look at YouTube and learn on my own from other people directly. And uh, that's how I've learned how to pick and play and do all kinds of different things. It's just by visually seeing other folks do it.
0: Well, if you're determined enough, that's the way to do it, isn't it? That a lot of musicians are self-taught. Um, Mm -hmm. you know they have the basics and then they go on if they're determined enough and they really want to become a musician then they will put the time in so I understand if I've researched you properly Alex that you also play lap steel ukulele bass and banjo again you're self-taught I'm no no doubt yes
1: yes ma'am my my, I would call my second instrument steel guitar I got it sitting back here behind here Um, I picked that up about about two or three years, it's been about three years ago now, man. I'm really getting old, but i uh, <laughs> yeah, putting, up, putting on the age here. But I picked it up about three years ago just because a lot of folks don't play steel. It's kind of a almost a forgotten art, and I always enjoyed the sound of it and hated to see it go away, so I wanted to pick it up and try it for myself and really enjoy, truthfully, really enjoy playing it, and uh, so much so that I even bring it out to shows and start playing it and doing all that kind of stuff when i'm up there on stage i'll switch out and play so it's a lot of fun it shows us too as well
0: also it's not a lap steel it's a proper pedal steel
1: no it's 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 a lap what it is is it's a three neck so it's got three necks on it three different tunings. so there's one of the 24 strings on the thing if you count different necks so yeah changing strings on one of the things is not a not a fun thing but uh it's it's a lot of fun to play that's for sure
0: yeah i think that's something i'd really like to have a go at so maybe i will um, you know, I'm getting close to retirement age, so it's something to do in retirement. Teach myself the uh, the lap steel would be quite good fun, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Now, I'll tell you, you gotta you you'll, you'll you'll suck for the first first year or so, and then as you as you play and practice more, you get a whole lot better. Because uh, I know, Lord, it sounded like I was skinning cats here for a while when I first started learning how to play that play that <laughs> steel, but eventually I got it all figured out.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well done you. So a multi-instrumentalist. I like all of those that you're playing. Anyway, so I want to go on to your songwriting now because I really am enjoying your songs and I'll come on to your album shortly. So I would like to know, when did that start for you, your songwriting? Well, actually, you've already said that you wrote in sixth grade. Was it sixth yeah. grade you said? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I was writing, writing in sixth grade. Were you so, writing
0: before? Did you have, you know, because how old is sixth grade?
1: I would have been around 10 or 11, somewhere in there.
0: So you 10, probably 11,
1: 12.
0: started way yeah, before then.
1: I was coming up with little ditties, I guess, since I was, I don't know, four or five years old and really, really writing them down and kind of laying them out. Hadn't didn't really start doing that till I was about eight or nine or so and then by the time I got to middle school I can I could put a song together now granted it probably wasn't no winner but it was definitely definitely a song you could tell
0: oh excellent so I love the backstories to all the writer's songs and you just told me one basically earlier on with I'm over you so get over me I love the stories because sometimes songwriters, they will take it from real life or they will see a situation. You know, it can be something that's happened mm-hmm. to a friend or it could be just something in the imagination. I love, for instance, don't let the barn door hit you on the way out. And, you know, you've got the girls. Uh, what is it? The girls must be clumsy, clumsy because. <laughs> of, yeah. And you've just the fallen not you? <laughs> I believe that was written with Jerry Sally as well. Was that?
1: It was. Yes, it was.
0: You pick a song and tell me a backstory to one of your other favorite songs. It would be lovely if you wouldn't mind.
1: Well, since you mentioned clumsy, I'll tell you the story behind that one. So, you know, as you said, a songwriter can have ideas from anywhere. And whenever I was back in back in school, that's where that idea came from was girls must be clumsy because they're falling for me. And um, that was the song idea that I sent to Mr. Mr. Jerry Sally. Never, I first met him, and he said, "Oh, I'd really like to write that with you." And so that was my first session. I'd kind of had the song written out the the first verse and the chorus. i had kind of had it already laid out when I went down there, but I didn't have a second verse or anything. So when I got got in the stu- getting got in the writing room with Jerry, we started working and working and working. So it came out the way it did, and we wrote two songs that day it was girls must be clumsy and i'm done we wrote those two one day and then we wrote a break in the bank and through with you the next day so we wrote four songs in two days which is pretty well unheard of down here down in nashville uh, most of the time you get one song a day but i'd kind of had these songs already written out and uh, he'd already must have had must had an idea of what he wanted them to do and we certainly put them together and, and they come out great
0: oh, uh, clumsy did.
1: Is, is a is a western swing It's as it ever comes i mean it's 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 on a pendulum dude it's swinging so hard but it's it's a lot of fun and uh i i i think it's it's one of my favorites off the record but i got i can't i can't pick a favorite off the record truthfully they're they're all so, do so many different things there's western swing and then there's more traditional sounding country more contemporary types of things I i wanted to do that with the record and and that's what i got.
0: You did. It's a fabulous record. And in fact, we're going to be coming on to the album in a second. It's great that you've hooked up with the great Jerry Sally, because he's also your music producer as well, isn't he?
1: Hey, he is, yes. I'm just honored that I get to work with him. He's he's super. He's a super nice guy, too. Yes. And he gets, he gets exactly what I am and where I'm coming from. And, you know, I don't think there's any more of a blessing for me than that.
0: No, he's got a really fabulous reputation of being such a nice guy. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I find a lot of people, because a lot of people, you know, I know through my bluegrass work. Mm -hmm. And they're all just really nice, approachable people. And they're there to help and advise. And they don't think anything of giving their time for things like that. They're just nice
1: people. Well, you know, there, you know, the the cream rises to the top is an old saying I've always heard, and uh, you can be the best musician in the world, but if you got an attitude problem, then then that'll hold you back. You won't ever achieve what you can because you got an attitude. Nobody wants to work with you. Exactly. You know, nice. Uh, what, what's the old saying? Something about you know, nice. Stop some, doing something nice for somebody and being nice to folk goes a whole lot longer away than being rude and disrespectful and nobody wants to fool with somebody like that. And I certainly wouldn't want to. So I always try to treat people with respect and treat them how I'd want to be treated in return. And generally that works out for you from what I've, from what I've, you might get, you know, generally it works out for, you. I'll just put it that way.
0: Yes, it does. You're absolutely right. So I, let's get on to your album Miller time, which okay. was, was been available since April on Billy jam records. And again, as I said earlier on, it was produced by Jerry Sally. And it seems to be doing incredibly well. I have still got it in my car. When I last messaged you to say that it was in my car, it hasn't come out of my car. Oh, uh, awesome. it, I, I know all those lyrics back to front and in my sleep. You know, I'm, I'm singing them in my dreams. Awesome. It's a great album. I really, really love it. So you must be very proud.
1: I can't be more tickled with how the thing come out. Truthfully, like I said before, it's just, it's everything that I wanted in a country record. Now, whether what comes in the future, I don't know. I might have to go more contemporary routes with things, but I wanted to have one good traditional country record, and I think I hit the nail right on the head with it, truthfully. And uh, if you don't like that kind of country, that's your fault, not mine. And that's, that's the way I, I really look at it. You know, my one of my favorite songs on the record is Kentucky's Never Been This Far from Tennessee, and I didn't even write that thing but it 's one of my favorites it's the crazy. record The record is real really well rounded I think it would it would be a nice rubber ball. It would bounce pretty good if it, if it, if it was a ball it would bounce that 's for sure
0: it really is now the, the whole album is lovely you 've got everything in there as you say you 've got western swing you 've got a little bit of contemporary you 've got a whole heap of traditional, which is really lovely, and your voice is so suited to uh, country music especially the traditional country music you know but you have a very fabulous strong voice. Awesome. So your diary for this year is filling up pretty very quickly isn't it and you've had some incredibly exciting things happening already so and you've got the release of the album I know you've got lots of gigs going on is there anything one in particular exciting you've got coming up I know you've had to cancel Toby Keith at the moment because of
1: yes but we are still going to get to go to wisconsin this year um jamie johnson's who we're opening up opening up for us which will be a good show i'm looking forward to the brooks and dunn show this uh august i'm gonna be doing doing brooks and dunn at the iowa state fair yeah that that's that's the one i'm really looking forward to but i mean i look forward to every show whenever anytime i get to sing and play that's that's i'm i'm excited for those
0: i'll be gonna be seeing a tour perhaps
1: you know um Maybe next year. Right now, we're doing a lot of just kind of shows, kind of local and uh, things that we get, you know, people call us about and want us to come do like the Iowa State Fair and things like that. So, you know, that's what the plan is. But a tour definitely is on its way. I'll put it that way.
0: Okay, wonderful. That'd be lovely. And I understand that you've been writing some more songs recently. Is there something you can talk to us about, or is it sort of a bit hush hush at the moment?
1: Well, right now it's kind of hush hush, but I I mean, yes, I, last week I was down in Nashville, wrote with Bill White and Josh Schilling. Uh, Josh Schilling is with the group called Mountain Heart. And then Bill White, uh, He's he's been a DJ and, a, and a, he writes with Linda Davis quite a bit. So I uh, got to get with him, an awesome writer. And uh, he's got a lot of, a lot of, input a really really nice guy both of them are and also wrote with a guy named jay uh spite i think is his name and i wrote with jay and so a few other folks that come in and out and it was it was a it was some good good stuff a little more contemporary probably not western slang but I i ain't no problem with that
0: so we've got something to look forward to in the future and yeah you want to keep a few things under wraps so that you can surprise us later on in the year and I'm i will coming say out to you on, sorry alex sorry
1: oh you're fine now i will say we're going in the studio to record some things this july towards the Ooh. end of july so uh, hopefully have some things out by august september sometime
0: wonderful well i'm over your neck of the woods late september early october so we'll have to catch up with a beer
1: yes we will would love to
0: i'm looking out to see when gigs fall at the time that i'm in your area yeah and then i'll come along to one of the gigs and uh really i'm going to try and get to one of your gigs while i'm out there because i'm i'm coming oh that'd be awesome yeah yeah i'm i'll look forward to it i've already i'm keeping an eye on your dates to see where you are when you are (laughs) when i'm over there so it'd be really nice to catch up properly face to face
1: oh yeah i'd love that you make sure to let us know okay and we'll try to get you some tickets
0: Oh well, that well. Do you know what? I, that's very sweet of you, John. Oh, yeah. I'm coming over with my son George, and you remind me so much of him, um, because uh, he's blonde, he's tall, you know, and he's cheeky, and he's got a big <laughs> personality, and he plays the guitar a little. But so, oh, cool. and you're—he's just a bit older than you, t- three years, I think. So we will we'll definitely be coming to a concert if it's in the time that we're there. And if we don't see you okay. there, we are going to Nashville as well. So, yes, one way or another, we will get to see a gig and we will be able to catch up with you properly.
1: Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and thank you so much for coming all the way over there just to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, of course. I, of course it is. It's just yeah, to see yeah. you, Alex. It's just, it's, I tell you what, I'm going <laughs> over, apart from just to see you, Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm going to the international bluegrass music association world of bluegrass
1: yeah yeah my that's son and uh, I are going there that's coming right up ain't it yeah mm,
0: yes it is it's the end of september and yeah. uh, i haven't been able to ever get there uh so we're going to see friends in philadelphia first then we're we're heading down to north carolina we're going to do that and i've got friends in knoxville that we will we we'll be staying with when we're out there but we're going to go north carolina Across to Kentucky, depending on your schedule, but it might be into Nashville mm-hmm. first and then back over to Knoxville and then back up. So we've got about three weeks out there. So Oh uh, wow. Yeah. I well got... you'll
1: enjoy have you ever been over here before?
0: Yes, I am. My friend who lives in Knoxville, I've been friends since nineteen ninety three, and she says she swears I was born in another life over in Tennessee. You know, she says she swears I'm a Tennessean. Apart from the the British accent, which obviously gives me away completely, she says, "I swear you were born in America. Your your past life was a Native American, even." So um, I love it, and I've been over there so many times in the the deep South. You know, all around. Yes, love it.
1: We'll love rub me. off on you if you stick over here long enough. Your <laughs> accent it, it'll 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 change.
0: Yeah, I can't change my friend. She changes me when I go over there. I'm there for two or three weeks and I'm talking like that.
1: there you go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anyway, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And I can't thank you enough for giving up your precious time for me today. And I just will continue to watch what you're doing. I'll give you airplay on my radio show. And I'm looking forward to following your career. It's going to be fun.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lynn. I, I, I really do appreciate it. And there's a lot more to come. I guarantee you that.
0: I'm looking forward to it. So look, you, you, um, I've kept enough of your time already. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're a total star. And <laughs> have fun. Keep having fun and keep bringing us all that amazing music.
1: I sure will. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you
0: welcome. It. Bye, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to a Lynn Nash Music and Voice production for the Bands in the Boudoir podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed listening and I hope you will come back to listen to further episodes in the future. Thank you very much for tuning in.